Well, we are going to read the Galatians 5, 22 through 25 scripture once more. And it's the hope that every week we hear something new and different in it. So um, that's why we repeat it every time. Let's see what we hear this time. By contrast, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. And then every week, Jules and I have each chosen a scripture to bring to the table and to talk about. And this week, I chose Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 50. And there we read, one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to eat with him. After he entered the Pharisee's home, he took his place at the table. Meanwhile, a woman from the city, a sinner, discovered that Jesus was dining in the Pharisee's house. She brought perfumed oil in a vase made of alabaster. Standing behind him at his feet and crying, she began to wet his feet with her tears. She wiped them with her hair kissed them, and poured the oil on them. When the Pharisee who had invited Jesus saw what was happening, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. He would know that she is a sinner. Jesus replied, Simon, I have something to say to you. Teacher, speak, he said. A certain leader had two debtors, One owed enough money to pay 500 people for a day's work. The other owed enough money for 50. When they couldn't pay, the lender forgave the debts of them both. Which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the largest debt canceled. Jesus said, you have judged correctly. Jesus turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? When I entered your home, you didn't give me water for my feet. But she wet my feet with tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but she hasn't stopped kissing my feet since I came in. You didn't anoint my head with oil, but she has poured perfumed oil on my feet. This is why I tell you that her many sins have been forgiven. So she has grown, she has shown great love. The one who is forgiven little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other table guests began to say among themselves, who is this person that even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And my scripture is also from the Gospels, from Matthew, chapter 11, uh, verses 29 through 30. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Hear what the Spirit is saying through the scriptures. Thanks be to God. So, you and I both chose scriptures that do not use the word kindness in them. Mm. Technically. I am really curious as we, I'll I'll, I'll confess, when I realized that kindness was the theme for this week, I thought, 
this is going to be the most boring sermon I have ever been a part of. Because what could we possibly say about kindness? Like, mm-hmm. what could you possibly say about it? It's kindness. Um, yeah, be kind. Just Done. Be kind. There's nothing to say. And uh, so I, I'm wondering for you, like, I, I, I have some reasons I picked my scripture that are a little bit technical, but why did you pick your scripture? I want to talk about yours first because it's such a beautiful story and there's so many kindnesses in it. Right. Well, right off the top, uh, Jesus shows kindness for this woman by, first of all, allowing her to continue to do this, allowing her to to show this kind of love and attention in front of people that he knows are going to be critical. I mean, the story tells us that he has this response um, he has this response to the Pharisees. Uh, he kind of knows intuitively, kind of gets what they're thinking. And yet he continues to a- allow for that. Um, so I think that, and we talked about this before we started recording. To me, kindness requires some sort of vulnerability. And so there's vulnerability on the part of this woman who's showing kindness toward Jesus. Um, There's vulnerability there. Jesus is vulnerable in receiving that and also in in rebuking, in a sense, the Pharisee. Because the other thing that we talked about is biblical kindness is not the same as niceness. And it's also not something that people always receive well. And in this case, part of the kindness that Jesus shows is to basically put this man in his place, in a sense, and to say, you don't, you don't really understand what is, is happening here. Um, you don't understand what this woman is expressing. And, and Jesus also in saying, um, your sins are forgiven, that isn't a magic proclamation in that moment, I don't believe. I think he's naming, in fact, I'm quite certain that he's naming a reality for that woman hmm. and telling her, your sins are forgiven. You are not, you are not identified and should not be identified by your sins. And so that proclamation to her means a lot more probably to than this pious Pharisee who Jesus says, you, at least you don't think, have nearly the amount of sin in your life as this woman supposedly does, right? But I'm naming a reality for her that's also true for you, Pharisee, that your sins are forgiven, but it's going to mean a heck of a lot to her. So the kindness piece for her is so huge in naming who she is and the reality of God's view of her. Mm. Uh, And that piece for me was incredibly impactful. Um, So, and there's, like you said, there are different kindnesses being shown. And I think he's actually showing kindness in the way he talks to the Pharisee, though you could see how they receive it. Like, who's this guy? You know, suspicious. All right. I've said a lot. 
No, it's interesting because it does make me ask the question. You said kindness is not niceness. Mm -hmm. So the question that I had walking into this kindness fruit of the spirit was, do I know what kindness is? Like that seems really fundamental and silly when I say it in that way. But if we can confuse things like kindness and niceness and use those synonymously, then maybe we don't know what specifically kindness is. So I went looking. And yeah, we both went Greek, right? Yeah, I, I went looking. I was like, what is kindness in Bible in the Bible? Basically, like sometimes you Google some really dumb sentence, right? And sometimes that sentence is, what is this thing in the Bible? Um, I did the exact same thing. Yeah, it, it happens. It's a great place to start sometimes. Um, then you go to the more professional places, right? But when, when I looked at the word that's used in Galatians, uh, which is where I started, it's this Greek word that it, it, it's um, krestotes. Is that how you say it? Thank krestotes, you. I think. There you go. You took Greek, but I did not. I, I did other languages. Um, you're better at the Greek than I am by a long shot. So I, um, I found that in fact, that word kindness means something more along the lines of, um, like pleasantness or gentleness or even, uh, like usefulness. So something, you know, when a person is kind, they're, there's an ease about how they are expressing themselves in the world around other people. They're able to like be present in a way that is meaningful to other people. And that for me was like, whoa, that's not niceness. Cause niceness for me is, is not useful, right? Niceness is just a way to avoid social conflict. It's not a real way to be present to people. And, and it also does, sorry. No, go ahead. But as we talked about earlier, it, niceness does not require vulnerability. Niceness requires, in fact, it requires you to be invulnerable, right? Because niceness is you putting on a face and a mask and performing for whatever is happening, not necessarily. I grew up in the Midwest. I know all about Midwest nice. I have and never here, really successfully uh, performed it, but I understand how it works. And um, so... This, this idea that kindness is, in fact, showing up real and useful and present and relevant and um, easy in the way that you kind of, I thought about, I started thinking about kind people in my life who just like, they just know what is needed and then they do it. And they do it without expectation of reciprocity. They do it without an expectation of uh, even gratefulness. They're just ca truly kind people in my world are just at, in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. And so when I read the passage from Matthew and it was about Jesus's yoke, which like sounds terrible and heavy, right? Like oxen, like working really hard to plow a field yoked together. That sounds awful. And he says, no, my yoke is easy and my burden light. And the word easy is, is kindness in the Greek. Um, it made sense to me given that definition because it's like, oh, Jesus, Jesus is yoke. Jesus's way of connecting us to each other and to him and guiding us. Um, has a meaningfulness behind it and a right on timeness and a, a collaborative nature and a, 
that's kindness is this larger thing, not just, I mean, if, if the yoke were nice, there'd be no yoke. Like, yeah. Right. I don't know if that, if that gets us anywhere around the niceness piece, but I, I like that there's an activeness to that kindness mm-hmm. um, and a communal sort of sense. Like you can't really be kind without other people to be recipients of that kindness. Right. Right. There has to be someone who receives that kindness or is a potential recipient. Sure. That kindness. And this is where, you know, we we were also talking about how you mentioned um, it's not transactional, but because so much of our, our, our particular particularly Western capitalist culture has to do with transaction. I do this, but the expectation is um, uh, you're going to do something for me. Literal like idioms about that. I scratch your back, you scratch mine, right? Exactly. Exactly. There's no such thing as a free lunch. Right. (laughs) We can go down the, go down the list of those. And this is why sometimes genuine kindness which sometimes kindness isn't doesn't come in the form of good news or, or it can be received. It might not feel good. It to might the not, who's receiving that's, it. That's a much better way of saying what I'm trying to get at is yeah. sometimes people struggle with receiving kindness. Yeah. They're they're suspicious of it. Um, they 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 want to find a way that, wait, wait a minute, does, now do I owe you something or I don't want your kindness because that would mean I owe you something. And I, so there's, there's suspicion around it. And it's the other reason that I, I, this particular story, um, mm-hmm. when Jesus shows kindness both to the woman and I think shows kindness to the Pharisee in clarifying like the way God works, yeah. the, re, the response from the Pharisees is suspicion. Who is this guy? Who is this one? Um, my, well, how can this guy say this? They're not open to receiving that kind of kindness from him or even acknowledging the kindness toward this woman. Yeah. They're hardened toward that. One of the kindest things that only just pops into my mind as you're talking about that, one of the kindest things that we can do as human beings is forgive one another. And by definition, forgiveness cannot be transactional, right? It's it's always one directional. You can forgive people who are dead. Like (laughs) I have done that. Um, There's a, but but forgiveness is the heart of our faith. And it's really, really hard for people who are not Christian to understand how it works. Uh, I remember uh, last two years ago, I was having a conversation with a family member who will not be named. Uh, Names will be withheld to protect the not innocent. And I said, have you ever considered forgiving this person who we share in common in our family? They have a feud. And uh, this, this person said to me, forgiveness is for losers. Mm. And not a Christian, not a person of faith of any kind. Um, Mm but wouldn't do the kindness to themselves and others of, of allowing that feud to end and forgiving it. And it makes me realize like those kinds of debts, which is what your story is about. 
forgiving them. Jesus does that over and over and over again and gives so many examples of that. It's almost as though he equates faithfulness and kindness with the ability to forgive people. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm. I don't know if that's a sideline, but it it feels like a huge connection in your story. I don't think so at all. I think that that's, and again, and I can't, I hate to keep bringing it back to this vulnerability piece, but because I feel like it's so vital to our faith, forgiveness requires vulnerability as well. Yeah, for sure. Part of someone who's forgiving. And this is why, This is why I, I think that the um, the Holy Spirit longs to move us toward vulnerability and softening so that we can give and receive forgiveness and we can actually be capable of kindness. It's why we lean into the Holy Spirit because nat- it doesn't come naturally. Like you said, this this person in your family doesn't naturally think that forgiveness is uh, is a strength, is 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 beautiful is a part of the um in the fact be- it's weakness experience yeah it feels the opposite yeah. that it's it's weakness ah that i mean that's crushing and also i can only imagine how deeply bitter someone who continues to think that way must feel and that that's how that i mean i i just think of it and for me it would form just a the constant furrow in the brow, the constant sense of being pained and angry and bitter. Um, it reminds me when Jesus says, um, I came that you might have life abundantly. Right. Abundant life doesn't, doesn't look like that. It looks like the yoke that is kindness. That's, that's abundance. That's goodness. That's, that's truly living and life giving. So yeah. yeah, and th- what what follows on that for me is that then, you know, uh, invulnerability seems kind of brave, right? Like your armor, as Brene Brown says, you're armored up and you're like ready to fight. That seems brave, but really the kind of kindness we're talking about that is right on time, that is um, open and available and doesn't seek payback or equivalencies uh, it may not be received by the person as kindness in the moment, but is necessary for what, like, like what Jesus did in your story, that kind of kindness is, is real courage and takes real courage. Unlike niceness, which we talked about earlier, which seems to be about like, um, worrying about how you appear and anxiety about perception and am I worth, if I, will this person like me? Kindness doesn't seem to be worried about will this person like me at all? I, it, it's, it's one of those places where actually you might be able to, well, I think kindness requires another person to be present to it or to receive it anyway it might be a measure of whether it's really kindness if you would still do that thing if that person didn't know it was you. Hmm. Like, is there something about kindness that actually it's not truly kind if you can't separate yourself from the action yeah, and not get credit for it? Does that make sense yeah. the way I'm saying it? It, it does. It, it has to be 
it, it seems like it, it has to be selfless. Yes, that's truly, a great way to put it. Truly selfless. And that, to be truly selfless, is, I mean, talk about requiring the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I mean, with, without the presence of God, our natural inclination is to be anything but selfless. Um, it's those who, and, and when I say presence of God, uh, that's, a, that's a, um, how our tradition would put that. But there's a, there's a centeredness in the divine, in the divine mystery, in, in something beyond us that moves us toward kindness. We call it a fruit of the spirit. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm reminded right now of something that I wish I'd been taught as a child and had to learn as an adult. And it's when you're going to say something to ask yourself the three questions, is this kind, is this necessary? Is this true? Mm-hmm. And as we're having this conversation, I'm realizing like, kind, necessary, and true are a little bit more synonymous. They're not as separate from each other yeah. uh, as, as they might seem on the surface, especially since we, you know, we, we talked momentarily about kindness, not necessarily being something the other person will receive as kindness in the moment. Yeah. That seems important to me because so often Jesus was kind in your story. Jesus was kind in so many stories. Jesus's yoke is kind, but I don't experience him as uh, as easy in the way that I think of like eating ice cream as easy. <laughs> and so, so many times when I've encountered Jesus in the in the wild, if you will, the things that I've encountered in him or from him have kicked my butt mm-hmm. and have shown me some really difficult things about myself, about my decisions, about my past, about my way of being in the world. And that's not, that's not kind the way the world describes it, but it certainly does fit the definition that we're talking about much better. And I would not say, thank you, Jesus, for revealing that to me. That was really fun to do on a Tuesday, right? I'm sure you have some examples of that, but, but in hindsight, Thank you for being so direct and kind to me. So I, that brings to mind, I, I've told this story so many times in different contexts, and you've probably heard me tell it, but uh, it brings to mind the story of the, my New Testament professor, not the one I just told you a little bit ago, but the same New Testament professor who was so difficult. His class was difficult. He was kind and good, but his class was so hard that it was the class that kind of filtered out those that that probably shouldn't be in seminary because it was going to be a tough road to be in seminary. And I remember he gave us 2,000 pages of extra reading besides the reading we had to do for research and all of our work. And we just had to give a percentage of the 2,000 pages that we'd read. And I remember one day in class, somebody just exasperated and exhausted, raised their hand, and they said, they said, Professor, 2,000 pages, like this is so, I don't, it's just so much. 
I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know. It's too much. And I remember he had this Tennessee drawl, and I remember him just smiling and looking at her and looking at all of us and just saying, yeah, life is hard. Be faithful. Wow. That was it. And in that moment, I had some choice responses I wanted to say wow. to him, but it was kindness to say, you, you need this. Yeah. You need to do this. This is important that you stretch yourself in this way. This is going to be a part of this journey that is theological studies. Um, it's important that you put the work in. Didn't forgive it, didn't say you don't have to do it, just said be faithful. And also didn't say you have to read every stinking page. Sure. He didn't say that, right? So that yeah. there's, ultimately I see that looking back, how kind he was being in that moment. But it wasn't when I first. feel like it. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> that is such a perfect story to end on. Uh, do you have any other things that you think we need to cover before we talk about questions for our people? I think the questions um, kind of cover it. We could spend a lot more time answering these questions for ourselves, but yeah. we've been going for a while. So let's let others answer the questions around kindness. So the questions that we came up with um, we really wanted to give you an opportunity to think about a variety of ways of looking at kindness. So the first one is about your personal experience. Can you think of a time when you were the recipient of kindness and this type of kindness, not niceness, right? What did that feel like? What did that bring up in you? What was that experience like? Does, and then the second question is, does kindness come easy for you? Or is it more difficult than the other fruits of the spirit? As we were having this conversation, Andy and I were like, kindness, why would we talk about this? But then we discovered it's actually not a super easy fruit to practice, express, live into. So is this one easier for you? Is it harder? Why? What's going on with that? Third, what are the ideal conditions for finding yourself being kind? What needs to be true for you spiritually, physically, emotionally, in order to live into and express this fruit of the spirit on a regular basis? And how can you make those things more true for you so that kindness is a bigger part of your life? So those are their three questions. We'll make sure that they get posted on Facebook and are shared and you'll have access to them. But now we want to pray and then Andy's going to sing our benediction this week. Let's pray. God of kindness, compassion, truthfulness, generosity. We give you thanks for just the complexity of yourself and the way that you express yourself through us. We thank you for the kindnesses of Jesus and the ways that he challenges and encourages us wherever we are. And we pray today that our own kindnesses will be multiplied and that the deep well that we draw our kindness from will be filled and refilled by your spirit. And we do give thanks for all of these things in your name, in the name of that spirit, and in the name of Jesus. Amen.
All right, let's sing together to and with one another our closing benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make God's face to shine upon you and be gracious, gracious, gracious to you. The Lord lift up God's countenance upon you and give you, give you, give you peace. Stay home in peace to love and serve the Lord.